and welcome to the third annual Franklin's for our dumb podcast, The Twilight Highlight Zone. Uh, my name is Ben Hansen, and I'm joined by Jeff Cork. Starting off strong, I like that just diminishing the, the effort that we put into this. It is a stupid amount of effort. All right. So, the Franklins. This is our award show that we do at the end of every season of both the Twilight Zone and the pseudo-season of the podcast. Uh, and so we're going to cover all of season three this time around. Right. I think, first of all, I think the Twilight Zone... Every, everyone in the Twilight Zone, why don't you give yourselves a hand? I think you deserve it. Uh, everyone except for you, uh, four o'clock. You can <laughs> remain silent. Please sit down, sir. <laughs> I can't tell if you're seated or not, but... Yeah, there are a lot of episodes, so it's fun to go back and re- reread all of my notes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my gosh, that was in this season? I completely forgot about that one. Stuff like The Mirror. Yeah. Um, so we came up with some new categories. Yes. We have some returning champs yes. from season two and maybe even some season one categories that are still in the fray. Uh, so we're going to run down. We haven't shown each other each other's nominations. No, this is a sealed envelope. Representatives from Ernst & Young have come. That's right. They're standing behind us. But we are going to debate and find out the winners yes. for every category here, including the best and worst episodes. There are no ties. Three. Zero ties. No. All right. The best twist. Yes. Best twist of season three. What is your number one nomination, Cork? Well, I do mine in no particular order. Okay. I'm just going to give a few examples of what I would consider to be the best twists. Yes. All right. Number one. Number one, just just numerically, not categorically. Okay. Um. When Jerry and Willie swap places oh boy. in the dummy. You know what? I didn't even put that on my list, Cork. All right. My first one is the grave, mm-hmm. him stabbing his own coat. Okay. I didn't put that on mine either. Uh, how about the blowhard getting abducted by aliens in Hocus Pocus and Frisbee because they thought he was the greatest guy ever. Interesting. I always think of the twist as in the final scene and that kind of happens at the midpoint there are a lot of twists in that episode but i think that's probably the biggest twist That's interesting yeah okay all right that's a good one i have the classic to serve man Mm -hmm. and that falls in that camp of we knew it ahead of time right you still got to recognize it it's a pretty fun solid twist. yeah and this is another one this episode had a lot of twists in it but i'd say arguably that my favorite twist in the episode one more pallbearer is that he brings these people in and nobody gives a yeah. <laughs> Absolutely no one cares. That's the twist is the lack of enthusiasm. About his bunker, and they just they want to go home with their families. <laughs> All right. Uh, I have Game of Pool, mm-hmm. how he's imprisoned forever to go down and attend other people uh, when they challenge him. All right. And I have no more twists. All right. I, I had little people down as well. but Really? Yeah. Just it's a, it's a gentle nod to little people having the gigantic people mm-hmm. at the end as the twist, but I don't think it's going to make the cut. Okay. All right, which one are you really gunning for here? I really think Jerry and Willie switching places is a fantastic twist. Because I think that if you watch that, not knowing what's going to happen, you would yeah. think the guy is going to be driven insane or insaner <laughs> or that um, the doll would kill Jerry. Right, right. But the fact that he is able to switch places... Is but a pretty spectacular twist. It is a it is a you would never see it coming, but I almost put it in that same camp as the arrival and mm. that twist where their plane lands and then it's like, oh, it was all mass suggestion and this is because I didn't solve that case a long time ago, where you can't possibly predict it. 
You know? And I think that sometimes not being able to predict a twist makes it. But even when it's so far completely out of left field like this, where it's like, oh, of course he's going to switch places and this dummy has magical powers the whole time. Well, I, I, I don't think it's in the same league as, say, four o'clock. Okay. I like to pick on that one when he suddenly shrinks for no reason other than the fact that he's able to will it into being. I think that is a crappy twist. Are you sure it's just not so absurd and so funny looking that that's the reason you like it more than the merits of the twist itself? I think it's super spooky. (laughs) God, I hope I don't wake up tomorrow as a mannequin. Well, I hope that I don't have a mannequin, first of all, that I have a real personality conflict with. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I make mine goofy goggles. That's what I say. (laughs) (laughs) Although I will concede the twist into Serve Man is a pretty iconic twist. It's the most famous twist Probably one of the most famous twists in the Twilight Zone, maybe even number one throughout the entire series, but just we know it, so it doesn't have that big of an impact. But it's that debate, too, because looking back on it, we want to give the nod to genuinely the best twist. Right. Just because we know it going in, does that diminish it? I don't know. Okay. I I would fight over through all these. Mm -hmm. I'm not not very passionate about it, but I would actually fight for the grave. Really? Yeah, it's like... You knew he was going to go up there and plant the knife in that grave. You mm-hmm. didn't know if a hand was going to come out. You didn't know if he was going to chicken out. You really had no idea what to expect. And then the twist of he stabbed his own coat and then gave himself a heart attack. So he ended mm-hmm. up dying, even though there's nothing supernatural going on. Right. But then there's that extra the little 0.25 twist yeah. of the wind was going in the other direction. So maybe there was something supernatural going on. That doesn't really factor in. It's just that the logical situation of him stabbing his own coat into the ground. Now, do you think that a reasonable person could have predicted that? Yes, because of the noise of that wind in that episode. Like when he first gets up there, that wind is just so over the top. They want you to think about it. And the Mm -hmm. fact that he's wearing the long coat. Okay. Uh, But I will concede, since I'm not that passionate about it, to the dummy. Really? Unless you want to have the debate between the dummy and to serve man. I'm willing to do that. Okay, what do you, what's your hunch on that? To serve man is difficult just because I think most everyone knows it from the twist sandwich, you know, that they had, right. if, if such a thing exists, on the on the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. Right. You know, where they just kept stacking on it and stacking on it. But I mean, ultimately, most people are familiar with it from from that. Right. So I think going into it, just even when you saw the title, we were both excited to see the episode, yeah. but we knew what the ultimate punchline was going to be. But when you look back on it, the mm-hmm. best twist in all of season three, mm-hmm. I mean, it might have to be to serve man. You think so? I think I think you got to give it to it. Yeah. Give give that classic episode its due. Yeah, I think so too. And especially they kind of litter litter everything with clues, you know, even up to a very subtle thing when they have them walking on meat scales as they're <laughs> stepping onto the onto the UFO. So yeah. let's give it to Serve Man. All right, Serve Man, congratulations. Yes. All right, moving on to the next category. Most likable person. We replaced last season uh, best actor and worst actor. Right. With most likable and least likable person. Exactly. I, I stand by that. I think, I think a it's a idea. great decision. Okay. Who's your most likable My, person? These are most likable. I've got three of them. We'll just start. I'll just go fast. Okay. okay. Fats Brown. Game All right. Of pool. All right. Not bad. Mm-hmm. I have Lincoln from Passerby. Okay. Uh, Hyder Simpson from The Hunt. Oh, boy. Don't even get me started on The Hunt. I have Jesse James ah. from Rance McGrew. All right, and even though his nickname doesn't really hold up because we know what's really going on, uh, Old Ben from The Fugitive. 
All right. And then I have the guy on the radio in Midnight Sun who gave up and started saying, no one's listening. What does it even matter? I really like that guy. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, my number one out of this group, I was excited to see Lincoln, but I think the Jesse James character from Rance McGrew, I thought he was consistently fun throughout the entire thing. The fact that he was a seven foot tall guy who ended up wearing the dumb beret as the agent at the end. The Hawaiian shirt. If yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think he's my favorite character from season three. Yeah. Yep. What about you? He's pretty good, but I like, I think Fats Brown is pretty good too. Even though I guess if I think about it, he mostly just sweats and looks puzzled. So maybe yeah. I'm going to talk myself right out of it. And I know you did not like the hunt at all. No. But I, I liked that character a lot. The old He's, guy? Yeah, he seemed very likable, which I think is what the category is, right? If you're going to go for a likable old guy, I would go for the trade-in husband. I, I considered him more likable. Just because he's sick doesn't yeah. mean he's likable. <laughs> Dying on a poker table. <laughs> um, all With right. The sympathy I, vote. How are you feeling? Um... You didn't like old Ben from The Fugitive? Was it the fact that like the big reveal that he was actually a young, handsome prince kind of made him less... A little creepy. Like, kind of skeevy? Yeah, and to be honest, I mean, I liked the alien that he transformed into. That was likable. Yeah, but other than that, it was just like, I feel like it's that Twilight Zone cliche of like, oh, the old guy that gets along with kids really, really well. You know, it's like one for yeah. the angels type of thing, and it's yeah. just, I, I'm kind of sick of that cliche at this point. Okay, but he wasn't really an old guy who gets along well with kids. Yeah, he was an alien that wanted to bang one of the kids. Okay, maybe that's not likable <laughs> okay. when I think about it. It's not great. More. Uh, I, I, I'm feeling really strong about Jesse James. Jesse James, I think that's a solid choice. All right, there we go. Jesse James, most likable character from season three. <laughs> yes. All right, least likable person. This is a tricky one. It is tricky. There's a lot of unlikable people. My yes. number one is the old man from Kick the Can, the old man that was the narc. Yeah? Yep. He's he's not very likable. Um, The... Paul Raiden, the jerk from One More Paul Bearer. Okay. Yeah, the mastermind behind that. All right. Uh, I have the obvious Nazi from yeah. uh, Death's Head Revisited. Gunther Lutz. There we go. Yeah. Um, Oliver Krangle from Four O'Clock, I think is <laughs> yes. not likable. His name was Krangle. Yeah, I guess it was Krangle, wasn't yeah. it? Uh, I have the theater critic from Piano in the House who kept bashing his wife and calling her an idiot and then insulting his fat sister. Yeah. I, I have to say, he was a complete a-hole, but I kind of liked him at the same time because he reminded me of the villain from Pete's Dragon, who's also a big a-hole, but... Okay. I don't know. Whatever. Is that it? That's it for me. All right. This I, one comes down to me... Oh, you've got one more? No, no, no. Please, go ahead. Okay, because there's two ways to approach this one, I think. Yeah. Obviously, the Nazi wins by any like reasonable standard but yeah. i think here's our chance to kind of break the mold a little bit because he was relishing in all the stuff he was doing i mean there were he was really having a great time yes with his yes. memories of being a nazi so i don't want to diminish that at all right oliver krangle was just <laughs> awful and this other guy the paul raiden guy from one here's the thing about paul, paul raiden from <laughs> one more paul bear he was a piece of s throughout that entire episode yeah. But I think he was a fun piece of S. Like that entire yeah. episode, I actually liked him as the protagonist okay. trying to squeeze pity yeah. out of these other people. Okay. And I think he was fun to watch. Whereas four o'clock, he was just a miserable character right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. His weird accent and just it was a miserable viewing experience. Yeah. And again, not to diminish the Holocaust yes. in any way, but we already had this debate with Hitler from season one, I think. Right. Yeah. 
I'm okay with being a little absurd and giving it to Mr. Krangle. Yeah, I remember at the time when we watched Death's Head Revisited, we were like, yeah. oh, well, this is going to be the least like likable character, obviously. But we could never have expected Whoa. Mr. Krangle <laughs> yeah. calling people up and complaining and his dumb parrot staring at him. Yeah. All right, Do Krangle. we give it to him? Yeah. Yep, you win or lose. Now, we should also take particular caution to say this: we're not endorsing any Nazism. <laughs> no. This isn't like... Or wishing for people to be short either, just on both sides no. of the coin. No, absolutely not. Let's move on. <laughs> Least likable person, us. <laughs> Best couple. This is a new category. Yeah. So, uh, I'll start it off. Please. How about that old couple in the trade-ins? I also have the old couple in the trade-ins. All right. I also have Jerry and Willie from That's The That's my next one in my list. All right. Not Goofy Goggles. Nope. Sorry. Nope. And... A young, handsome Charles Bronson yeah. and pretty lady in the episode two. The, the classic Ross and Rachel situation where yeah. they're shooting each other with lasers. Will they or won't they? Before they finally <laughs> walk off down that lonely street in the post-apocalyptic world together. Yeah. Probably sterile, no doubt. I certainly hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want those beautiful people mating. <laughs> uh, you know what? What are we even arguing? It's Jerry and Willie, right? They, yeah, they're the best couple. Ultimately, they even switch bodies, which, I mean, so do the trade-ins, but they <laughs> they totally switch bodies. Like, they jump into each other's skin in a way, really. Yeah, this isn't sweetest couple. This is just best match. And, yeah. I mean, he even has that little affair with Goofy Goggles. Turns out that's not going to go anywhere. No. You can't get away. This is your bride-to-be, baby. Absolutely. All right, Jerry and Willie, <laughs> best couple. All right, this is another fun category. Yeah. Did you do the last one? I jumped the yeah. I, I don't care. It's you could do this one. All right, best title, mm-hmm. best episode title. This is just solely on the title, right? Um, I oh. think title in context of what the episode is. Okay, and there's one I've, that makes me I've say blown that. It. Number one, uh-huh. I maybe it's the song, but yeah. I really like "I Sing the Body Electric" ah, as okay. the name of an episode. Uh, Hocus Pocus and Frisbee. I like that title. <laughs> oh, interesting. It makes me interest. Like these are titles that. I'm curious to learn what the episode is about. Okay. That's kind of the criteria I used. Maybe we, we, if we were on speaking terms when we were not doing this podcast, yeah. we probably could have discussed this oh, a little that's further. Not good. All right. Uh, on that front, mm-hmm. I have one that I think the title is okay, but I think in the context of the episode, yeah. just like you said, it works better. The Fugitive. Hmm. Where it's like I was yeah. expecting something with Harrison Ford and I get a weird old alien yep. playing with kids. Um. This episode stunk, but <laughs> Cavender is coming. Who is Cavender? Why is he coming? Where is he coming from? Where is he going? Cork, I got is some there... surprises coming yeah? up, but okay. <laughs> I'll save that later. All right. Uh, my next one is the classic to serve man. Yeah. Just putting it right out there. There's the you, ending. They, yeah. they may as well say there's a gremlin on the wing. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. the name of the episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, five characters in search of an exit, I think is an excellent title. I do like that one. It also reminds me of The Four of Us Are Dying from uh, season one, which I always like that. This is one more, though, so that's good. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's it for me. Uh, I also like the title, too. I think it's very simple. Yeah. That's true. Starting out the season, just yeah. two. Two. That is cool. I think maybe it's just The Last of Us that it makes me think of. Ah. Uh, um, I I like I Sing the Body Electric. That is a good title. And especially because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Unless you're familiar with the works of Walt Whitman. <laughs> and then they dumb it down for people like me who 
aren't. Yes, yes. Because I remember the title from just that short story. Right. And right. then, you know, they put it in context, which is always helpful. Yeah, for sure. So right. you'd take that over to I two? would take that, yeah. All right. I sing the body electric. All right. I'm gonna, break, I'm gonna break from, from convention here. I'm doing worst title. I'm just gonna go through mine, okay, real quick. Yeah. Worst title. There it's a toss-up between the mirror, the grave, the shelter, the arrival, the fugitive, the hunt, the jungle, the gift, and the dummy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kirk, on mine, I have Hocus Pocus and Frisbee and Cavender is coming. <laughs> really? Which you mentioned in the previous episode. Interesting. I also have a piano in the house. You don't like that title? I think it's the dumbest title. As much as I hated that episode. Just that title, so lazy. It, it's just no intrigue, no nothing. It's the to serve man. <laughs> it's kind of, though. I mean, it should be called a play, a demonic player piano <laughs> in the room. In the living room. It's next the, to the rug. Yeah. Don't play this piano. It will play you. So outside of your joke, do you really hate any of those in particular? I think they're not great names. Considering that I think, I think the gulf between what they have, what I would consider a good name in the Twilight Zone, um, and then these... I think it's pretty good. You could drive a truck sideways through it. So if you had to pick one. The worst. Let's see. I think the gift. Maybe the dummy. The dummy's kind of an insult when you think about it. <laughs> Are we the dummy is the audience? I think the drunk's the dummy. I think that's the whole point. No, I'd say the gift is a really lame title. God, it's it's inoffensive. It's lame, yeah. but they're going for ambiguity. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't strike me. And since you had these on your best title, I mean, yeah. unless you're willing to budge on Hocus Pocus and Frisbee, which is clearly the dumbest title. I think it's great. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Hocus Pocus and Frisbee. Cavender is coming. Really? For a story about an angel? That's what I said. This is independent of the episode. Because once you learn who Cavender is, yeah. I, I don't care where he goes. <laughs> no longer interested. All right. Panu in the house. How are you feeling about that one? It's kind of corny too, but at the same time, there's a little bit of intrigue. Because I mean, the Twilight Zone, what? It's I mean, it's more than a piano, right? I guess it's a magical piano. Yeah. All right, so you would take the gift. I would take the gift. What do you think? But I mean, but that's like, oh, is it going to be a magic gift? Is it going to be a physical gift? Turns out it's kind of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, How about what, the? I know you said you like the fugitive. But maybe the fact that it was a television program, was that before? That would be after. Okay. Yeah. What else you got on that though list? There's got to be another the one. The shelter. There. Yeah. The grave. The grave's pretty lame. I, I like the grave. Yeah. The mirror. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I guess these are all just elements of each episode, which uh, it's Man. not their fault. But it's at the true. same time, you could have come up with something better for the mirror. For yeah. Instance. When in doubt, you just do that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm okay giving it to the mirror. Yeah, let's do it. All right, screw you, mirror. All right, worst title of season three. All right, all right. Next, next category is a fun one. This is recommended from a somebody in the comments. I forget who they were. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll most, add it in post. Yeah, <laughs> most Serlingy episode. Mm -hmm. Rod so, Serling at his most Rod Serlingest. And I think when I hear that, I think. Kind of ham-handed, a little preachy. Yes, yes. Um, means well. Uh-huh. Uh, clumsy preachy. Clumsy is, preachy. Yes. All right. Uh, my number one, I have The Shelter. Okay. The Mirror. Is yep, that's up there. I have A Quality of Mercy, mm -hmm. the World War II one. Yep. 
the little people. Okay. Yep. I'm out. I got oh, those two. And the gift is another really surlingy one. I ah. didn't think about the quality of Mercy, but I think that's a really surlingy one. Are you willing to give it to that? Just the World War II theme again. Oh boy, turns out if you can see into the enemy's shoes, we're yeah. all the same on the inside. At the same time, I think the little people really just hammer some. Here's a writer who knows people who are affected by McCarthyism and like. Right. This is his way of showing how evil it is. And it's just this buffoon who's just like the biggest jerk. You know what I mean? Just like demonizing a, a perspective that, you know, probably deserved to be taken, you know, taken to Are task. Are we talking about little people or four o'clock here? Oh, oh uh, four, four o'clock. I'm sorry. Oh, I, my God. I, meant, okay. I was thinking about the little person oh at the my end God. of four o'clock. Yeah, yeah was, four o'clock. That was I'm super sorry. confusing. Okay. No, little people's great. I like that episode. <laughs> okay. Four o'clock. Mm, yeah yeah i think that one i think yeah little people i don't think was written by sterling but i think four o'clock was yeah i i the reason the quality I, of mercy though at the same time it is like a war war stinks it's another war episode. stinks episode <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly is, but the thing that leans me towards the shelter yeah in a way it's it's repeating themes that he's already already expressed several times on the twilight zone but That's also true. i don't know if you remember but at the end that's the one where he got really up his own ass. Oh, the, and he said, "There's no moral here. Yeah, no lesson. It's just people being people. Yeah, that's that's what really put me did over the say, edge." Did he say? Did he say presented without commentary? I think that's that what it too? was. Yes, yes. Yeah, let's give it to the shelter. All right, the shelter. I do like the shelter. I think it's a great episode. Yeah, like I really enjoy that. But I mean, it it, it definitely. Uh, Reeks. is a really Serling-y episode. It's sad because like we're both like, oh yeah, Rod Serling's a genius, but at the same time, like the most Serling-y and it's like, oh that, oh boy, the shelter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that works. All right, what's the next one? Least funny episode. Another new category. Yes. All right, um, what do you got? I'm, first of all, uh, Cavender is coming. <laughs> yep. Yep. I got that on my list. Yep. I have Once Upon a Time, mm-hmm. which was the 1880s, fast forwarding 1961 okay. Uh, Death's Head Revisited. It's <laughs> not very funny. Not funny at all. Those no. are the three I had. Yeah, that's uh, those are the ones I had as well. So here's the thing. Do we take this seriously again? Or I think you have to give Because I think it... Death's Head Revisited was not intended to be funny. So I mean, <laughs> Right, right. That was our, that was our attempt at it. That would it. be like saying worst mustache and giving it to Carol Burnett because she does not have a mustache. <laughs> exactly. All right. At that point... I would give it to the episode that clearly tries the hardest to be funny, and that's Once Upon a Time. Okay, here's the deal. Yeah. <laughs> with that episode. When it's presented like a silent movie, it was corny, but I thought it was funny. It was fine. I thought yeah. it was funny. But then once they entered the world of talkies, it was not funny. Where he kept locking himself into like the sarcophagus in the shop. There was a, a vacuum bunch- cleaner gag like three times. Bunch of weird fat guy humor policeman yeah chasing up and down the street at regular speed <laughs> is not as funny as when it's like a hand cranked yeah. camera speed and i know you really hated cavender's coming yeah but you gotta admit there was much more effort and sterling really thought he probably had something that was hilarious with once upon a time yeah i do feel bad about um kind of sticking it to that episode but i think that like this was like a chance for them to get Buster Keaton. Yeah. Which and I th- like again, he, like the the physical humor at the very beginning was funny, but uh, yeah. 
yeah, it's I like, concede. It's like when Jim Carrey comes back and does like Yes Man or something. It's just <laughs> like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Just go ahead and stay away from comedies for a while. All right. So what's our verdict? I go Once Upon a Time. Yeah, Once Upon a Time. All right. Next one, dude. Next one. Biggest ripoff of a previous episode. This doesn't have to be season two. This is season one and two combined. Absolutely. All right. What do you got? I'm going to say... Cavender is coming and Mr. Beavis the, is the obvious one. The obvious one. Yep. I have Still Valley and Elegy. Okay. This one is, um, it's kind of like two sides of a coin. So maybe this isn't really in the spirit of the thing, but I think that the shelter and one more pallbearer, it just seems like, let's put some hmm. people in a shelter. See what happens. I mean, there, and again, everything yeah. is like a complete. It's so different though. Yeah. I, I have the shelter with Monsters Are Due on Maple Street. Well, that's probably, yeah. I mean... I, Just the weird external threat, mm-hmm. perceived, perceived threat, and they all lose their mind. Right. Uh, I also have the arrival and a combo of Last Flight and King Nine Will Not Return. Ah, yep. But, do you have any more? No. I mean, you can't beat Cavender's Coming and Mr. Beavis. It's impossible. It is the exact episode. Yeah. Okay, all right. That was an easy one. Cavender's yeah. Coming is the biggest ripoff mm-hmm. of a previous Twilight Zone episode. There That's we go. True. Uh, all right, next category. This is one it? is best smashing through glass. Yes. Or best jumping out of a window. We mm-hmm. don't know how to frame that. Yeah. How to frame that window. All right, I have uh, the mirror being thrown out of the balcony. Yes, yep. The uh, bus driver in Cavender's Coming is pretty great. I have bus driver from Cavender. I'll also put down Carol Burnett crashing into her boss's office. Mm-hmm. Cavender is coming. Yep. yep. Do you have any more? Yes, I have one more. What's that? The uh, the guy escaping the psychiatrist's office in person or persons unknown. Oh, is a good wow, one. Wow, that's right. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Um, but just for the absurdity of it, I'm gonna have to get, really fight for bus driver and Cavender is coming. Oh yeah. Okay. There's no, is- there's no question that, that that one goes to it. I mean, it is when we saw that person or persons unknown. I remember talking about like, well, that's just complete. There's no need for that. Why would he ever yeah. jump through that glass? It was great that he did it. I was, I was pleased. No one was un- displeased with it. No, yeah, but at the same time, the bus driver is really the ultimate. Absolutely no reason to jump through that. That was the glass. only funny gag I think in the, yeah. the episode. Yeah, exactly. All right, bus driver from Cavender is coming. There we go. All right. Now this category is biggest waste of a gift. Now, you'd think that you'd have the gift in here. Who knows? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. My my first one is going to say the, uh, even though we don't exactly know what this gift is, the fact that they didn't like sit around and try to dissect it more, I think this would have pleased you. Um, the piano and piano in the house. But again, like, what is that? It reveals things. That's what I'm saying. They could have spent more time with it. All right. I have the trade-ins. Mm-hmm. immediately giving up your entire youth just to go back and die with your old broad. Yeah. <laughs> How about being a huge financial success in being completely awesome, even though you're kind of an asshole, and one more pallbearer, and you have nothing better to do with your life than <laughs> to like bring back your grade school teacher and a bunch of other people that like barely had an it ultimately yeah. had a real impact on he your life. He can create this amazing home entertainment system down there, and he wasted on that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I have the fugitive, old mm-hmm. Ben, the genie, the yeah. alien guy. Yep. Just, he can summon anything out of the blue, mm-hmm. and all he does is play baseball with kids. Yep, that's pretty good. 
How about Anthony in It's a Good Life? I also have Anthony. Basically, anything he does, he's made so many poor choices. This kid was born with the most amazing power, and maybe when he's older, he can really play with it and adapt it and use it for good, but he just immediately uses it for evil. It's either Mm -hmm. evil or just he's going for something neutral and it ends up being negative. Yes. So those are his two capabilities. Exactly. And he's also, there's so many people in the Twilight Zone that can just summon and do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And he's another one where it's like, oh, he has unlimited power. Right. All right. Uh, I also have once upon a time having the time machine hat and oh, not using yeah. it, just like using it once. Then like, okay, let's go back to our times. But they could go all the way up to like 1990. Is yeah. that what it was? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and That's they don't explore it at all. It would have been so confusing. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to have seen their interpretation of 1990. It would have been awesome. We should make a fan edit that then looks like a 90s film. Just and they'd like be drinking, drinking like orbits that <laughs> drink with the little gelatin things in it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I would say because there was no indication that this guy actually had this gift, if he was a nice guy, if he was like, at four o'clock, okay. world peace, <laughs> and everyone is going to be totally happy. But then he only only ends up giving himself world peace. I don't That's know how that works. Point. But I mean, he's <laughs> he's got such force of will that he's able to make Apparently. people or himself shrunken. I don't know. It seems like there's some kind of gift there. I don't know. Let's let's scratch it. Okay. Uh, is that all you got? Yeah. I mean, the most powerful person here. Oh, Anthony. Anthony is is the god. Yes. But at the same time, I feel like I'm rooting for Paul Bearer. Yeah. Because it is. It is the biggest waste. Anthony, it's like he's young. He doesn't know any better. He was That's kind of true. born a little bit evil and mischievous, and his <laughs> whole life has been corrupted. This Paul right. Bear guy has had to work to get where he is. Yes. And he wastes it on the dumbest crap by building this little shelter way down below New York City. And it drives him to madness because nobody cares. Also, I mean, he doesn't seem like the type of guy who has a family. Right. And he clearly lost his mind. Who knows where that fortune's going to? Because he can't spend it the rest of his life. He's probably going to end up dying because his mind shattered. Tony Stark raving mad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good job. Uh, so I would root for one more pallbearer. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Sorry, Anthony. Biggest jerk with a gift would be Anthony. Yes. But yes. biggest waste of a gift, I think, would be one more pallbearer for sure. All right. This is a this is a category you were really passionate about. Worst voice slash accent. All right. This was made for one person, so I'll let you say it. No, it's oh, not. Wow. Okay. There are several people with terrible accents this season. All right. Uh, goofy Goggles, <laughs> which basically you could have gotten <laughs> rid song. of. Could have gotten rid of Goggles, and it's a really subpar Goofy accent. All right. All right. Um, I have your beloved clown from Five Characters Searching for an Exit. Yeah. You didn't like that one? Nope. Um, every single person in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, even the crowd outside, yeah. the collective accent was horrible. <laughs> uh, I have the sister from the grave, the oh. one who kept laughing like a maniac. <laughs> yeah, she's good. Um, everyone in the gift, with the exception of the alien, which is, I don't know. All right, I have the other voices that you could choose from I Sing the Body Electric. Oh, like, yeah. I Sing the Body Electric. <laughs> <laughs> and little girl in little girl lost yeah this is the one that you i felt like you made the category for i really didn't like the mirror was distracting but it you knew that it was columbo yes i didn't know that and I, i'm too much of an idiot to have seen that and yeah. so it didn't strike me as as grating because you were expecting the peter falk voice you know that whole time 
ah, I don't know. I don't I think I gave it a fair shake. It seems like I didn't know the other actors and everyone Uh, seemed like if you told me, well, everyone else in the episode is from Cuba. I would have said they did a bad job (laughs) doing a Cuban accent then. Um, Can I include you singing? uh, I only have eyes for you as Goofy Goggles. The little girl and little girl lost though. They could not. I mean, that's a fundamental part of the episode. That's the only way this character is developed. Yeah, is through her voice. Yeah, and she just fails. It <laughs> sounds like Rocky the Flying Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll give it to Little Girl. Little Girl lost. Yeah. All right. Sorry, Little Girl. <laughs> Stay lost. <laughs> Get lost. All right. Uh, this is my favorite category. Yes, this I is think, a really good episode. I think category. about this category more yes. than any other throughout the entire yep. season, and this is. Most aggressively mediocre episode. Yeah. Not worst episode. Not best episode. This is like... Middle... Just forcing itself to the middle of that road so well that it's almost forgettable. It's like it's like a body temperature bath. You know? Yeah. You can't feel it. This it's is not the cold. It's where, not hot. Like when you look at the list of episodes, I was like, "Was oh really?" <laughs> I like click on like links to some of them. I'm like, I don't, what? Yeah. yeah. It wasn't bad. No. Okay. What's your What's your number one? Nothing in the dark. All right. I, I like that one, but mm-hmm. okay. I have The Last Rites of Jeff Myrtlebank. Mm-hmm. The Arrival. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that one started out so strong. Uh, I have Still Valley, the mm-hmm. Civil War one with the, with the Devil's Book. And The Gift. Boy. <clears throat> the Gift I really hated. I have, I have The Mirror. In here, mm-hmm. and then I have the one that I'm really gunning for. Yeah. Person or persons unknown. It's to the point that I I watched that a couple weeks ago. I barely remember it. It wasn't bad. Right. I think I ended up giving it a five. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Yeah, I I would say that for me the the only interesting thing about the arrival yeah is that Serling talks it up so much at the very beginning. Because his his intro is talking about how it's like a puzzle and you're going to be getting some right. of the pieces, but it was. I mean, we remember we talked about it. I, I really liked how it was just that completely logical world, and then just this one twist, and mm-hmm. everybody was handling it completely as they would. And like, I feel like it started out high, and then just the twist was so stupid that it just descended. Yeah. So like that roller coaster ride makes it not aggressively mediocre to me. It maybe yeah. averages out that way, but not when I look back on it. Okay. How did you feel about the last rites of Jeff Myrtlebank? We'll get to that later. Okay. <laughs> um, what was the other one you said that you're like the one you're really gunning for? Person or persons unknown. Yeah. Well, I Tell- can see that. I mean, it's not. I think this is one that could definitely be an instance of like at the time and at the place. Like we talked about when we first were discussing the episode, like the concept of a dream sequence. I don't know if that was novel. Right. In the early 60s. Uh-huh. But, like, at least as a viewer now, which is all I can do now is watch it with my eyes, it it seems like a story that I would just make up as I was talking. And then... <laughs> Improv a story. Then people would just kind of go, oh, so, yeah. your turn. Guy desperate to prove his identity. Yeah, I think then, I would go with that. I and would. then the completely numb twist at the end of, oh, now his wife is a different person. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's so It was such a mediocre episode that it took me... Way longer than it should have to register that we didn't recognize the actress after she took her facial cream because I was like, why is he reacting that way? Yeah. Is that her? Yeah. Oh, probably not. <laughs> Whatever. I guess that's a different word. All right. Person or persons unknown. Yeah. 
most aggressively mediocre and therefore yep. maybe most forgettable episode yeah. from season three. Yeah. All right. Worst episode. My number one, the last rites of Jeff Myrtlebank. <laughs> oh, well, then you should have been. Fighting for the, <laughs> all right. Uh, I have the hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, four o'clock. Oh boy, that's going to be tough to beat. All right. I have one that you liked. Piano in the house. Okay. I know you did. I still hate You really Piano didn't like house. that one. I'd say Cavender is coming. Because I mean, if you're. Ah, wasn't the funniest thing. I don't, I don't know about worst thing. I guess it, like, if you showed that to somebody else, like, hey, this is a Twilight Zone, they'd be like, okay, that's all right. Whereas if you showed them some of these, I think they would say, this is garbage. I don't ever want to watch this again. Mm, I think with, unlike Once Upon a Time, which I think yeah. had its moments until they introduced sound. Yeah. Cavender is Coming just was a failure on all levels to me, except for the bus driver. There were moments when Carol Burnett <clears throat> was kind of cute. When she was really hamming it up, kind of doing her wacky smile towards the camera type of thing. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, I can see why people like her. Mm-hmm. And, but and that so doesn't that, save the episode. I mean, it's at best, it is a copy and paste job of a previous episode, which I mean, yeah. you're starting that off sucked. on pretty shaky ground to begin with. Do you think that's a stronger contender for this category than four o'clock? I'm torn with four o'clock. On one part, I, I simultaneously like the ending is just so absolutely ridiculous and <laughs> stupid that it makes me like like a little bit of it. But the fact that like Cavender is coming, it's the same episode. You know what I mean? Like it is the same thing happens. But it's with a much more likable protagonist than Mr. Beavis. It's just like a recast though. You know what I mean? It's like a better remake. I don't know. But Oh, okay. How about this? I, I'm getting off track. Yeah. The last rites of Jeff Myrtlebank. As I was watching that, yeah, I was thinking this one absolutely feels like they have no idea what they want to do with it. It didn't make any sense. It, I, I, like, it doesn't was, make any sense. Is is pushing it? I think. No, I, I would say it doesn't make any the sense. The ending twist of the Congress thing doesn't make any sense. No, and up and up to and including that, <laughs> I would say it just felt like a this meandering journey that went nowhere, and then. They realized it, and they were like, given the choice between not airing it and just making a joke about Congress, we'll do that, and then we'll have another episode next week, and perhaps people will have forgotten. But I think that epi- the, uh, the episode's terrible. He, he's, he's a demon? Possibly. He's able to... <laughs> I mean, maybe that's the... We really need to rethink we're, uh, biggest waste of a gift. I mean, he's got a match at the end of his finger <laughs> that would have been a good category best finger like the finger the, the match you know he could light his finger on uh, fire and then uh i seen the body electric kite finger <laughs> old, kite finger. <laughs> old kite finger anyway we're totally off track this episode stinks and i i absolutely hated it worst episode of season three you think in my opinion jeff yes. myrtlebank i think so yeah what are you fighting for I would fight for piano in the house. Yeah. I don't know if I can say anything else that I haven't already said on this show other than... You just didn't like the way that it... Yeah. I think it was one of those things too where I was super tired Mm -hmm. and jet-legged while watching it. Yeah. And that probably made it a much worse viewing experience. Okay. (sighs) Can we give it to 4 o'clock even though as much as I love 
in a way, the little twist at the end, it is the dumbest thing. It is just dumb. And I, I'm glad that I have seen it. If you told me that I have to watch it again, I yeah. would n- I would not want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, this is not going to be what pleasant. What if I said, Jeff, get in this room, let me close the door. Here comes Jeff Myrtlebank's adventures. Uh, <sighs> I don't want to do that either. There's a lot of bad options here. I am... I can live with giving it to four o'clock. I don't think I could. Yeah. I don't think I could settle with either Myrtle Bank or Cavender. Mm-hmm. Okay. Four o'clock. I'm okay giving it to. Okay. All right. Four o'clock. Let's do it. Worst episode. Yep. Season three. All right. Best episode. Best episode. What do you got? Uh, it's a good life, of course. I also have that. I have the jungle. The jungle. Okay. I. It, we haven't talked a lot about the jungle right. this way through, but I still think the jungle is one of my favorites. That's a pretty season. fun episode. Yeah. The dummy boy. No, uh, I <laughs> okay. have little girl lost little girl lost. I like the one a lot. In keeping with that theme, the little people. Yeah. Is a pretty fun episode. It is super fun. You're right. This is another slam dunk. This me. one for me is it's a good life, right? There's no way around it. Yeah. I know you gave the dummy a 10. Yeah. Just think about the fact. Just, I gave I want, It's a Good Life a 10 as well. I know. I want you to just sleep. <clears throat> Go to sleep tonight thinking mm-hmm. about the fact that you gave the dummy the same score as It's a Good Life. How about this? I will lay the one in that 10 horizontally, and I'll rest my head on the zero like a you pillow. Think, you dissect numbers every time. I have a problem. <laughs> No, right. it, it's a good life. I love the dummy. I think it's a fantastic episode. I stand by that ten. I don't yeah. question it at all. It's a good life. Absolutely incredible. Everyone should watch that episode. I don't. I'd be surprised if any episode tops it in season four and five. It's going to be tricky. It's interesting. I mean, looking at season five just on the Hulu queue, there's a couple episodes where it's like, okay, that's a famous one. That's a famous one. Season four, I have no idea what to expect. Black hole. I I think probably because a lot of it is just not aired on television in reruns like oh, through syndication because it's an hour long that's a really good point yeah yeah it, it, well i wonder if like on the was it spike who has that uh, twilight zone marathon i wonder if they do hour ones i, I would imagine I, during the marathon they would but just yeah. in regular like they wouldn't put back to pack back to back twilight zones more than likely right right to accommodate that yeah but still i've seen one before but outside of that yeah mm-hmm. like it says the black hole so right it could be could be some dark times up ahead. Right. But back to It's a Good Life. Yeah. I need to... I know you'd mentioned that it's based on a short story. Yeah. I need to read that short story. I'm definitely curious about that. And then you'd also said that at one point, Rod Sterling wanted to make... That script. A, a script for a movie. Yeah. Based on it. And I'm, I don't know if there's like any way to track any of that down. We should. I mean, there are the... You said there's the remake... And then there's the one from the 2000s. Oh, the remake is terrible. I want to watch... We should have like a bonus It's a Good Life episode where we do cover all that. Cover well, like we'll do Twilight Zone the movie. That'll be yeah. an episode. I mean, that'll be after we're done with season five. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then we could both read the short story and just take the deep dive into It's a Good Life. Mm-hmm. And that'd be a good opportunity to get like some other people in on this. Like get like Tim down here. Yeah, we'll see. To watch all those. Or, you know, I, I like it too, <laughs> Cork and all, but... I mean, you argued right when we reviewed It's a Good Life that it's the best one that it beats When the Sky Was Open from season one. Yeah. You're probably right. Yeah, I think When the Sky Was Open is really cool and mm-hmm. it stands out because I didn't know anything about it. But yeah, I just don't think you can beat It's a Good Life. No, it is absolutely incredible. I keep thinking back to that scene where the drunk guy 
who just wanted to listen to Perry Cuomo is screaming. Mm-hmm. Like, do something. Like, he, yeah. he's focused on me right now. Take this guy out. Like, yeah. He's sacrificing his life life for the group, mm-hmm. and no one does it. And the and one person, just, like, vaguely reaches for, like, yeah. the fireplace poker. Right. But the and hands kind of gives curl. up and just, yeah. everybody's a coward. Yeah. They're so scared of this kid. And no one will ever make that move in that town ever again. Yeah. They're just They're all just going to die. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. All right. Hey, it's a good life. It's a good life. You did, you did real good with, All right. with hosting this thing. Hey, real thanks. Good. You did a real good job covering season three, dude. Thank you. What a good season overall. A lot of good stuff. Yeah, everyone was saying it sucked. Season three was great. Yeah. It's maybe the strongest yet. I also want to do like a weird numbers breakdown where I find like the average score mm-hmm. for me for each season to find out what I thought was the strongest one. Yeah. Um, but this is a real contender. Yeah. Do that for me too because I'm lazy. Okay, yeah, I'll go back and listen to all these and find your dumb numbers, which I think you just make up on the spot. I think you're wrong. I actually can produce all the scratch paper. (laughs) Just old receipts scribbled on the back (laughs) of it. Possibly. There you go. Thank you very much for tuning in to uh, Season 3's The Franklins. Yeah. Uh, We need to take a little break. We're going on a trip, actually. That's the main reason we're going to take a little break. Right. And then when we come back, weeks down the road, we're going to kick off season four and just for people who are wanting to prepare ahead of time since season four like we've mentioned time and time again is each episode is an hour long we're going to be doing this in three episode blocks it's kind of puts us in an awkward spot but yeah i think that works yeah if we cover three and there's only 18 episodes i believe well that sounds easy cork we're gonna fly through this Ah, six episodes done God, those stinkers are going to be really painful. It is going to be brutal. It's going to be a long... Uh, the second that an hour-long episode opens, yeah. and it's just Western or Civil War setting, uh, you just have to sit there and take it for the sake there, of the podcast. Yeah, there's no escape. All right, but hey, tune in. <laughs> <laughs> fun time. Yahoo! All right, we'll be back in a couple weeks with the beginning of Season 4. Twilight, Highlight, Highlight Zone. Uh,